The number one trait women look for in a man is a sense of humor. And if you don't think you have one, guess what? Yes, you do. And I can reach my tiny little hand down deep inside of you and pull it out. I've worked with hundreds of men and we've got their banter game up to where women are responding. They're not getting ghosted, they're getting dates, and they're getting, you know, something else. So if you want to knock more than just her socks off, go to kristenandchill.com. If you banter better, you'll date better. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we dive into sexting, how to do it, what to say. Dr. Tara is here and she is going to give you the recipe for successful sexting and amazing orgasms for everybody. So keep listening. Hey guys, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. Kristen is not with us today, but that's fine because we're talking all about sex today with Dr. Tara. And Kristen is probably going to be grossed out by talking about sex. So it's better if she's not on this episode. But Dr. Tara is with us and she is a tenured professor of sexual and relational communication at California State University. And she is also the host of Love Bites, and she is the number one sex educator on TikTok. So that means you are getting some good information. TikTok is huge. So if you're the number one sex advisor on there, that means you're pretty freaking big. So thank you so much, Dr. Tara, for coming on and talking to us about sex today. Of course. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about sexting. Yes, you should be excited. I'm excited for it as well because sexting should be fun. It's exciting, but so many people do not know how to do it properly. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So keeping in mind, everybody who's listening to this show is a dude, is single, is like not in a relationship right now. But before we dive into sexting, I just want to hear a little bit of a background on you. Why should these guys listen to you? Who are you? How do you know so much about sex and sexting? Tell us your story. Okay. Well, I'm originally from Thailand. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I had my own sexual awakening journey when I moved to America. First, I moved to America. I moved to Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is debatably one of the most sexually liberated places in the world. In the world? Really? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I like that. Yeah, because I mean, I'm originally from Thailand and then I went to high school in Finland. So I've also had experience in like Northern European culture. Yeah, who's and the opposite? Yes, like there are cities there that are very sexually open, but a lot of places are not, you know, like yeah, Scandinavia, like they're not that, that sexual. Yeah. English people, definitely not. No, definitely not. Berlin is a great place for like sex clubs and... Really? Oh, yeah. Actually, that doesn't surprise me. Yes, I think so. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. All over the world, there's pockets of sexual liberation. Yeah. But as a whole, 
I wouldn't say that like the majority of the world is sexually liberated. No. Like there again, there's small pockets. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because everybody wants to be. That's my belief system is that everybody wants to be guided on how to actually open up sexually. And I think you're right because there's a big survey on sexual attitudes that I've read before when I was in grad school that talked about how a lot of people want to know more about sex and want to be more well-equipped and want Mm -hmm. to be more open to different variety and ideas, but they just didn't know where to go. And most people go to porn and that's where they got their sex education. That's a lot of it is misguided. Oh, 100%. Growing up, like that's my sex ed as well is like dial up internet porn because I'm 34. So like growing up, it was like really slow internet. Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I would think in Thailand, actually. So like my experience being in Bangkok as well, like my sexual experiences over there, we're going to ping pong shows and like, like you saw another extreme of the sexual side. So that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because like Thailand is seen by a lot of foreigners and tourists as very like sexually liberated. Yeah. But that's only that little pocket for tourists. Yeah. Thai culture on its own is very conservative. Very, very conservative. Oh, interesting. Okay. Comparing to LA, it's like two out of 10 where like LA is like eight out of 10. Okay. So we're whores over here. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the good kind. The good kind. Exactly. The fun kind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So obviously Los Angeles sexually liberated, but is is that what drew you to living in Los Angeles? Like, were you involved in, like, what is your, your doctor, obviously? So like, where's your education? Where did this come from? What's this drive for sexual liberation? I want to know it all. Yeah. So when I first came here, I came to graduate school at Cal State. I studied relationships. Okay. And that big like kind of uh, epiphany that I had was reading this paper that said all long-term relationships experience one difficulty. And guess what? Sex. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And it's a universal experience regardless of your racial background, socioeconomic status, where you live. It's like you experience sex issue at some point in your life. And so that was really the fuel to my interest and to studying more of sex and sexuality. And then I went to Arizona and I lived there for four years for my PhD. Oh, wow. And when I was done from Arizona State University, I moved back here to Los Angeles to become a professor at Cal State Fullerton. And I teach specifically relational and sexual communication, which is communication in relationships Mm -hmm. and about sex. Yeah, which is amazing. um, Yeah, so last year, in terms of why you should listen to me, (laughs) last year I conducted a 5,000 participant study that looked at different types of sexual communication that enhances long-term sexual satisfaction, but also like to know yourself more sexually. I gave a TED Talk on that. And then I also wrote a textbook on sexual communication. So if anyone should be talking about sex thing, it should be me. A hundred percent. Wait, okay. So actually, I'm actually fascinated by this study. So what, what were the findings in this study of 5,000 people? I want to hear this because this is interesting. Yeah. So first aspect of this study is I wanted to understand what about a person? What can a person do to have a better sex life in general? So not like interpersonal, but intrapersonal, like internal. Mm -hmm. So in my study, I found that your sexual self-esteem is the strongest predictor 
of how much, like how likely you'll have a good sex life. Really? Is that crazy? That makes sense, right? Because if you don't have strong self-esteem in the bedroom, your sexual experience is going to be Shitty. <laughs> limited. Lim- yeah, shitty. Exactly. It's going to be totally limited. Yeah. Mainly because your imagination can't even go to these bigger places because you can't see yourself doing these things. And your comfort level isn't going to be there to number one, initiate, no. but also participate. So yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. So actually, I have a question for you for long-term relationships. I know we're getting off the topic of sexting, but what have you found that actually reinvigorates a couple's sex life? later on down the road? Because as you said, it's a common pattern that everybody does have difficulty with sex lives in a relationship. But what are things that can spark it to, you know, be revitalized and brought back to life? Mm-hmm. Uh, two answers, space and variety. Okay. Yeah. So I've talked to Michaela Bohm, uh, Will Smith's sex coach, and she's a renowned sex coach who was on Goop and on other TV shows. She told me that the one thing that long-term couples, like huge mistakes that long-term couples do is they spend too much time together. Yeah. And there's so many also social scientific findings that support her claim that the more time you spend together in a long run, it's kind of like a bell-shaped curve, if you will. Yeah. Like if not enough time, intimacy is low. There's a peak amount of time where it's like good intimacy and then there's like low again because there's too much time together. Yeah. People who are like consistently on top of each other for like 10 years, like obviously. Yeah, they're not going to want to have sex. No, you see each other all the time and you see each other in various contexts that are no longer like mysterious or interesting. Yeah. So it shifts from like passion to comfort. And uh, in general, like comfort is a good feeling, but there has to be a balance uh, between comfort and passion. And what gives that is space. Interesting. And space looks very different for different couples. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So there's some people whose lives may not make sense to have this like big space. How can you actually have that space if you have children and you have to have them there every single day? How do you do that? Yeah. So there's two, we call it like micro spaces that you can go to. For example, like one, like taking a bath and making that a ritual. And it's literally a 30 minute space, right? But it allows you to have a more like clean rest, Mm -hmm. like an actual honored space rather than like binge watching television or something like that. So that's a clean rest that you can get as space. Another kind of space is space based on social networks. So like going out for girls night or guys night, that space. And like having your own social network, like people, a group of people that you hang out with that's not your partner. Yeah. That can be an extremely... And you know what? Talking about like single guys too, like the number one thing that I look for when I was dating a lot of guys was like, do you have friends? Yeah. Because in LA, you realize like there's so many guys that have no good friends. Mm -hmm. And they depend on you. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a red flag to me. You want me to entertain you all the time. Yeah. (laughs) And that's not going to be a good relationship in a long run. So I don't even want to start a relationship with you. Yeah. So it kind of goes back and forth, right? In long-term relationships, people that don't have friends don't tend to be very happy in a relationship because they just don't have space. That makes complete sense. So I'll I'll, I'll like be very transparent about my own life right now. But Mm -hmm. so my husband and I are actually sleeping in different rooms right Mm -hmm. now. And it's been the best thing for our sex life Mm -hmm. and for our relationship. And it started off because 
I had the flu. My kids had the flu. My husband came back home after being on a shoot. He wanted to be away from us. He didn't have the flu. And then honestly, it's like our love reblossomed from there. It was really, really nice. We had this space. He could go to his own room, do whatever he wants. I'm in my own room. It was very, very nice. And that couple then continued with, I go on my girls' nights. He goes on his guy nights. And it's been like a a lovely, blissful few months where I've said to him, do we want to do this on a regular basis? And he tried coming back upstairs and the kids came into the room every single night and just disturbed all of our sleep. So he's back down again. But it's been lovely and wonderful. And we're actually talking about now making it more permanent or at least doing it a few nights a week. Yeah. So I, I completely agree with you that space is essential and it can look different for every single person because I know that I've said that to a couple of my girlfriends and they're like, no, 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 no. You got to get him back in the bedroom. And I was like, why? Yeah. The thing is like separate beds means like precursor to divorce. Right. Exactly. But I was like, I've never been nicer to him. I've never, Mm -hmm. you know, been so sweet and loving because I'm actually getting my own space. And they're like, okay, then keep doing it. And you're fucking. Yeah. And we're fucking. Exactly. I love that you're reinforcing that. So that's wonderful. So another thing, which is what we're going to talk about, which is the sexting, another thing that can help creating this space also, but also bring you closer together and create some sexy time is the topic that I brought you on for, which is sexting. But I want to give guidance to people who are in relationships and people who are not in relationships I don't know very much about sexting. I am not a sexy texter. I think I am, but I always turn it into something goofy or funny because I cannot stay on that trend (laughs) because it makes me uncomfortable, even though I feel like I'm a very sexually liberated person. So how do people start texting? And especially for guys who are texting women that they're not in a relationship with, like, how do you start bringing that into the Mm -hmm. mix to get to a sexy place? I would love to hear your advice on this. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. If you've never ever sexed the person before, you always want to prime it first. Okay. So like, hey, like, you know, just wondering, are you into like naughty texts? Okay. And if their response is like, absolutely not, it turns me off, then you can kind of know that that's that's a no. But if they're like, well, maybe, and then send a suggestive emoji, then you can start with like low intensity texts to kind of build up this sexting repertoire with the person you're dating. Okay. And this applies to everyone. 
if you're single and dating, if you've been dating the same person, or if you've been in a relationship or marriage, like you can use the same tips that I'm going to share in this episode. Okay, I love it. So first off, tips on sexting. A big don't that a lot of people don't talk about, but this has scientific reasoning for it, is don't do it too early in the morning. Okay. That's (laughs) interesting. There's a survey that shows people tend to rate morning sex less sexy than midday or at night sex. I get that because you have the day on your shoulders (laughs) at that point, right? You can't really see. I get that. Yeah, to me, it's like, fuck, I, I can't get a dick pic. I haven't had coffee. Right, exactly. I, thought, <laughs> I have to take the kids to school. I can't look at your penis right now. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. I totally get that. Yeah, so a midday, like, pick-me-up can be really good. Yeah. Because usually people think sexting is like a nighttime thing, but I think a midday pick-me-up to, like, spark that passionate response yeah. is a great strategy. I think I so do too. it very often. <laughs> When I was dating and now I'm married, like I do it very often. Like I'll sext something like verb, uh, I'll send text or I'll send emojis or I'll send, and we'll talk about the types in a bit, but I'll send a form of sexting midday just to like get it started, get them like thinking about me and thinking about sex and passion. So yeah, the number one don't is don't do it early in the morning. And a do is like do a midday. Okay. Another don't is not having a prime. Like priming your partner or the person you're dating or talking to is extremely important. You don't want to send unsolicited dick pics ever because like number one, it breaks trust. Trust in like, there's a communication, unspoken communication rule that people have that you will follow like societal norms. Sending an unsolicited dick pic breaks that trust and this person will immediately find you less attractive. Okay. I agree Even with that. Even though your dick is amazing. Yeah. So like make sure the don't is like not priming and the do is definitely prime. And okay. I just shared the question like, hey, like, are you into naughty texting? Smiley face emoji. Wait, so that's a prime. So that would be enough of a prime. So if she says, yes. yeah, maybe. And then you just say, yeah. here are my balls. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. Intensity. Okay. Um, the third don't is don't assume that their intensity is high or don't assume that they have experience. Okay. Because a lot of times, like if you look at statistics, a lot of times people don't have experience or they have low experience. Yeah. They don't have a lot of experience. So you don't want to like send a paragraph and then like false pick right after. Right. Because <laughs> they'll be like, ooh, that's too intense. Like it sounds like you are uh, hypersexual and yeah. I'm not into that. So goodbye. Yeah. So it's kind of like cutting off your chances for dating this person for no reason. Yeah. So I would say like check your intensity and like never send stuff that's like too intense early in in the sexting endeavor. Is this advice the same for women? If you were advising women to men, it's the same on both sides? Okay. Same exact thing. Okay. Yeah. The cool thing about sexting is like, it's the same because you could send a pic of your vulva (laughs) and the guy would be like, what the fuck? Right. You know, at 7 a.m. He's like, is that a wallet? (laughs) I can't tell. (laughs) Or like your elbow. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Versus like if you prime it first and then if you say things like, oh, you know, I thought of you and got a little wet or, you know, like it's an art form. Yeah. So those are my like general do's and don'ts. Now I want to get into four aspects of sexing. Okay. The first is type. The type of sex. So there's text messages, right? That you can craft. There's GIFs, 
Some people say gifs or jivs. Like, I actually I don't know. So my co-host usually makes fun of me <laughs> because I remember when she first brought up, she says gif. She said a gif. I was like, what the fuck's a gif? I had no idea what it was. And she had to like show me online. So yeah, so I don't yeah. know what the correct way is, but yeah. you're saying so it you perfectly. A gif or a gif. <laughs> so there's text messages, gifs, and then there's pictures and then there's videos. Okay. So there's four different types. Nowadays, like audio messages, like voice notes is also becoming popular. So there could be five types. Yeah. Um, I just don't know a person that regularly uses that yet. Traditionally, there's like four types of texting. Okay. So the first type, like if you were forming a text, just make sure that it does, it feels comfortable to you and that you're not faking it to make it. Because if you're faking it and you meet in real life or, you know, so you spend time together in real life, they're going to be like, oh, you're not the person that mm-hmm. you're sexing. So make sure that when you sex, it feels authentic and natural to you. Okay. And those four types are great. So mix yeah. it up if you want to. But in terms of intensity, what you were talking about before, mm-hmm. is there like a rating for each of those categories? Oh, ter- yeah. Or is it really? Okay, there is. Yeah, 100%. So the second aspect is intensity. So all those four types, there's intensities to them. You can sex like text messages. That is like, you know, like I said before, like, oh, thinking of you and can't wait to be inside you tonight, smiley face. Or you can be like, my cock is throbbing just looking at a picture of your pussy. Like, you know, there's intensity to text messages, right? Right. in terms of messages, there's definitely intensity, like one to 10, like, you know, how intense is this? Same with GIF, like there could be an intense GIF where it's like not safe for work. Right. Or like just a suggestive, like biting on the lip GIF. Right. And that's different. And okay. same with a picture. It could be like a picture of you and, are we talking to guys? Okay. Um, you can be a picture of just like your top, but like not your dick pic, but it could also a picture of your dick pic. It could be a picture of your asshole if you were hoping to get pegged. So right. intensity, you know, can go on. Right. And then with a video, you can send like a little video of like you kind of like moving around centrally, or you can send like a porn video of like, oh, I want to try this on you tonight. So there's intensity in all of them. Okay. I love all of this. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just going to shut up because I love everything you're saying. Okay. <laughs> It's 12.30. I'm allowed to talk about this stuff now. (laughs) So far, we've talked about type and we talked about intensity. The third uh, aspect is topic. And a lot of people didn't think about topic because when it comes to sexting, are you a director? Are you a narrator? Yes. Are you narrating what's going on? Like when I gave an example, like my cock is throbbing because I'm looking at your picture, you're narrating what's going on. Okay. Or if you're more of a director, you're like, you're going to come over here tonight and bend over and I'm going to fuck you in the ass or, you know, right. whatever it is that you want to say in sexting, that is more of a directing of what okay. will be going on or what is going on. And are those typically the two main types of... Those are the two main like topics. Yeah. Okay. You could also think of the fourth aspect, which is kinkiness. Like how kinky you want to get in your sexting. If you know that your person is into feet, like in college, I dated someone who's into feet. Like I usually send a picture of my feet in socks. Right. To him. And then I just go dot, 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 thinking of you taking these socks off with your mouth. And then he literally just jizz on his phone. Right. (laughs) 
That's great. In terms of like kinkiness and fetishes, like you could put that into play. Like if you know your girl likes anal, like you could add that into your sexting. If you know the guy you're dating is into like bukkake, you can like mention that. So in terms of kinkiness. I don't even know what that is. What is that? Whatever is coming on the face, like facials. Oh, not into that. Yeah. So in terms of kinkiness, there's different levels as well. So those are the four aspects of sexting, type, intensity, topic, and kinkiness. Okay, very cool. Okay, I love all this. Okay, so for guys who are single right now, so I love that you gave like a great intro of them for initiating how to open the door for mm-hmm. sexy conversations, either through sex or even, even in person, how to slowly open that door and bring it up. So what's the guidance in terms of intensity from that opening message. Because as you said before, which I thought was really important information for guys to hear, you don't know how sexual she is. She might talk Mm -hmm. a really good game, but when it comes to actually putting things into play, she might be a little bit more prudish or a bit more uncomfortable going in the direction that you may want it to go. So how do you baby step into, into sexting to see where that woman's at? Yeah, that's a really great question because you always want to be like an empathetic communicator, not just like, oh, I'm like this. So I'm going to assert myself like this. That's like the pitfall I've seen in a lot of actually attractive clients that I've seen in LA and New York is they get so eager and they get so confident, aka cocky. Right, right. And then they'll send like a dick pic immediately and like, you like? Right. (laughs) I've seen that. My girlfriends have, who are single have shown me these things. I'm like, where is that appropriate in your text chain? Like, how does that there's even no make art. sense? Yeah, there's no finesse to it. You're no right. No finesse. Yeah. yeah, finesse and art and attraction plays a big role in the success of your sexting. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you set up the scene by priming, but also like, you know, you can do like a little pace back and forth like animal for example uh if you were to prime right like hey like are you into a little naughty texting exchanges and like you know smiley face like a smirk and if she responds like yeah maybe what you got you want to start with like well i'm thinking of you right now and dot 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 and then send it over then you know let's see what she says maybe she'll be like and what Right. That's what I was saying. And what? (laughs) And then, or maybe she'll say like, and your heart, right? Like you'll be able to gauge like how freaky she can get really. Right. And uh, that would be a good first step. It's like, go slow and make sure that the intensity and type are at like level, like one to three. So intensity is like not too, not too crazy. And then type, I would say like when you're going to start sexting someone, really just text them first. So like sext with them first through messages. Mm-hmm. Don't send a video. Uh, don't send a photo. Yeah, just start with your words because it sounds like you're investigating it first, right? Because you're yeah. kind of saying like, am I going to be the leader on this? Is she going to take the lead? Like, because I, I always advise guys to, to mirror what they get back right? Especially in the beginning stages. And what you're advising is really, it helps you set the stage to see who am I going to be in this scenario and where can we go from here, which I Mm -hmm. love, which is the same advice that I give to guys about getting sexual, right? It's a longer process for women. The tease and the buildup is like what really makes it more exciting. So it's really just applying these same principles to their sexting practices. Exactly. So let's say there's some guys who are listening right now and they're like, I don't even know how to sex. I want to do it. I don't know where to get the language from. 
where can they go to to get like some sexy ideas? Those lines that you just put out. Mm-hmm. Like they can come more naturally to them for right now. You know, for guys who are struggling with conversation, I usually advise that they go to a an improv class or they start watching comedy to learn how to banter. Where do guys go for this kind of language? Because I know porn is not somewhere to send them to because that just like, it's not a great place. It's not great advice. Mm-hmm. It's not what women want. Where would they go to, to like start studying this, I guess, or, or being surrounded by language that they can then apply to their sexting? I'll be like, my website. Right, no, hey, perfect. Yeah, that's great. My newsletter, I sent out, because I'm a sexual communication professor. So my newsletter is all about like spicy communication in different contexts. So in sexting, like I have a database of like a hundred different things you can say and rate it at different intensity and aspects that I just talked about. I love that. So I would say my website, but also if you Google, right, like sexting tips or like, what do I say during sexting? There's so many online articles out there that have great recommendations on different topics and how you can start. Yeah. Um, Another thing is like, I think that's helpful um, is educational porn. Okay. Which is a different genre of porn, not mainstream porn. It's like where people are naked, people are having sex, but they also like teach you to do different things. And even though there's no like sexting educational porn, there is a dirty talk educational porn. And I've watched it before. It's really hot. Where is that? Is that like on YouPorn or like where? There's different websites that you can go to if you Google educational porn. Yeah, like I'm not doing a specific site, like an ad. So (laughs) if you Google educational porn, dirty talk, quite a few of them will come up. Some of them paid, some of them free. So you can choose it for yourself. But in them teaching dirty talk, all of those dirty talk things that you would say in real life are applicable to like just texting people. Definitely. So if you like watching stuff, that's helpful. Okay, that's great. And then so for your website, where would they go to to find this list of, because you said you had a hundred different things to say. Where it's in my they... newsletter. So okay. go to my website, lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O, and then subscribe to my newsletter and you're going to get it. Okay, perfect. I love that. We'll also include the link in the description below this episode so that you can get access to that because I think that's an amazing resource. You must have like hundreds and hundreds of people signing up for your class every single semester. <laughs> this would be a class that I would want to take. Sexual psychology was one of my favorite classes in it's fun. college. It's so fun. And because yeah. the, the teacher was so fun who taught it, it made it even more fun. And I think, not that sex wasn't normalized for me before because I grew up in a very, not a very sexual household, but like in a very sex positive household. Oh, that's great. Even though we weren't, like my parents aren't super sexual people, there was nothing like sinful about sex or nothing frowned yeah. upon. The language talk, around it isn't yeah, toxic. I, exactly. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Toronto, in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's more sex positive. Is it? Okay. I yeah. didn't know that. But like, I wouldn't say that we were talking about sex all the time, but I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Like my mom, she had made me cut out dolls of me and my sisters and my father, and my mom of like naked cutout dolls to show what our bodies were like. Like we would always mm-hmm. just talk very openly about our bodies, not necessarily sex, but just our bodies in general. So I didn't grow up being uncomfortable, but I was still pretty prudish because I was friends with a lot of guys and I would always hear how they would talk about girls. And it just sent me to the prude end of being 
with men and protective of myself. <laughs> but when I did get into that class in college, it just, because the professor was so open because of the content of the course, that's really what opened, not the main thing, but like one of the things that opened me up more sexually. Did you go to UBC? No, I didn't. I went to uh, Western. Oh, okay. Because like UBC has a huge sexuality lab. Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I highly recommend their like PI professor come on here and talk to you. I would love that. If you could introduce me to that person, that would be wonderful. Yeah. But I actually really like you. I think like the, the <laughs> information that you're giving is spectacular. So I hope that people go and check out your website. I would love to wrap up the show now because I think you gave some wonderful, wonderful tips. So I am going to tell people to go to, I want to make sure I have this right, to lovebites.com. Co. That's your website, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, perfect. And so they can find Dr. Tara. As you can hear, she is amazing, gives wonderful advice and guidance on sexting. And I'm sure every other area about sex, you will find a resource for it. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing this valuable information with my guys. This was orgasmic. Thank you for oh, having wonderful. me. Wonderful. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm glad I can provide you a great orgasm on a Thursday afternoon. <laughs> Anyway, guys, new episodes of the Ass Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please go and subscribe to our show. Don't download because you're going to be wasting time downloading. We can be spending that time having amazing sexting conversations with beautiful women in your life. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. Bye. 